Hi, everyone, and welcome to Boost Her, conversations designed to inspire you, me, and her. I'm your host, Nia Mason, and to conclude our month of January centered around new beginnings, we welcome University of Oregon women's basketball coach Jackie Nard Hairston into the Booster Club this week. Jackie joins us to discuss her most recent assistant coaching role with the University of Oregon, a new beginning towards her being able to come back to her home state, be closer to her family, and feel a little more settled as she continues to grow within both her career and personal life. Jackie's background as a standout basketball player at the Division I collegiate level for St. Mary's College in Moraga, and also professionally in Switzerland and Belgium would be more than enough to solidify her credibility in the coaching world. Add to that, her coaching resume boasting some of the most top-ranked and reputable programs in women's college basketball, Jackie continues not only making a name for herself, but blazing trails for the young women who seek to follow in her footsteps. We discuss with Jackie the ins and outs of coaching in the collegiate space, learning that it entails a lot more than just knowing your X's and O's. We talk about the model of representation that she hopes to be for her athletes, appreciating that responsibility in a big way, as it is something that she wished she had had as a younger athlete. Lastly, we discuss Jackie's family, how her parents' support, love, and encouragement has always been a guiding light for her, her sisters continuing to carry that torch as stellar basketball players themselves, and the newest addition to her family that's on the way, a baby boy due in March. Jackie details her and her family's excitement for his arrival and how she plans to bring him on the road with her when the time comes, thrilled at the opportunity to have him by her side, and also to let young women everywhere know that not only can you be great at your job, you can be a great mom at the same time. I'm just going to get straight into it. I'd like to start with this question because we do have very similar basketball backgrounds with growing up playing basketball in Portland, and then we're both West Coast Conference alums. But where we're different is that when I decided to stop playing, I was so sure the next move was coaching, whereas coaching wasn't necessarily where you initially wanted to land. What was it that brought you into coaching and what about it has led you to now fall in love with coaching as a career? Yeah, it it is funny. I never thought I was going to be a coach. I had a lot of people tell me that they could see me getting into coaching. I was like, no, I can do it. But I always thought I would, you know, do something with sports, but like maybe the marketing side of things. And I got a call from Mike Neighbors over at Washington right when I finished at St. Mary's. When he called me up and kind of talked about the kind of things I would be doing, it actually sounded kind of exciting. And, you know, I took the job and My first year there, I fell in love with it right away, getting to spend time with the girls and, you know, still having that relationship with players and then being around the the game I love. So it was fun. And I fell in love with it really quickly. That was the one thing I just could not fathom after having done basketball for so long, going into something not basketball related. So I thought coaching and then I did it. And I was like, no, not at all. (laughs) (laughs) But I love that you found it, you landed in it and you love it. And you're good at it. I enjoy, I really do. So it makes it easy for me, you know, going to work every day. So it doesn't feel like a job to me. So I think that helps a lot. Just really loving what I do. I think one of the major misconceptions within the coaching profession, and I'm guilty of this myself, is that you just feel like you're surrounded by the game all day and you're teaching and growing the game all day, which in reality is only a small percentage of what you do. What else goes into the role as a college coach that people typically overlook? 
Yeah, well, you know, too, I mean, so much of it is relationships and being able to talk to people. Recruiting is probably the number one thing that I do. And that's, you know, talking to parents, you know, talking to kids as young as 13, 14 years old and being able to still relate to them in a certain way. And then off the court stuff. So our our current players and managing them, you know, there's a lot more that goes on in college these days now. You know, they dealing with the NIL, with social media, all kinds of different aspects. You know, it's hard. It's challenging, especially for a young woman. So it's nice being able to help them out there, but just a lot more than just basketball, for sure. I tip my hat to you guys for sure, because I remember what I was like 14, 15, 16 year old Neo was like as a recruit. I look back and I'm like, God bless those coaches that had to call me and deal with me and listen to me. Oh, I think about that all the time too. I was like, God, I think I was really immature. I don't remember. (laughs) It's a blur now, but I can't imagine having anything cool to say at 15 or 16 years old. I mean, the coaches that I was dealing with, they put up with it, but you know, mm-hmm. I'm looking back and I'm like, God, they really shouldn't have. <laughs> yeah, exactly. One of the more notable things about your career as a coach is that your previous team at the University of Arizona had a dream season last year competing in the national championship. What was it that even with finding such success in your previous role compelled you to make the jump to a new role with the University of Oregon? It was an awesome run. I mean, it was unreal to be a part of that. It was so special. It was weird a little bit during COVID. It almost like, you know, didn't feel real a little bit. It's like, you know, we're in a hotel and and stuck away for almost a month. So it was weird and there was not many fans. So it didn't feel like a tournament, but, you know, as you go through it and look back, it was like, wow, that was amazing. That was unreal. So yeah, it was really cool. And then, uh, Oregon, uh, coach Graves called me, uh, I don't know, maybe a month after that and had a position open up and I worked with him before. So about four years back in a different role. So as video. Okay. So when he called me, you know, I'd worked with him before Oregon is home and I love and admire him. So it was kind of a easy move for me. Uh, might not seem like it made sense, you know, to some people, but for me, it was a no brainer. It was really easy, easy to make the jump. The main thing I love about basketball is that there is no shortage of representation when it comes to strong trailblazing women within the sport, but maybe not necessarily as much representation from women of color as we might like. How important is it for you to be a model of representation for young women of color within the sport? And why do you feel that representation is so important? It's super important, you know, as an athlete, and I'm sure you as well, you know, seeing women in, in those roles is, you know, it's important for us to see people doing things that you might aspire to be. I think it's huge to have that. And even having young girls that look like me, I enjoy that almost a little bit more because I'm like, you know, I've been through what you're going through and, you know, you just can feel for them and understand them a little bit better. When you were playing, did you see it as that, as like a, I want to be her when I grow up? And do you feel like the girls kind of see that in you? Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because I didn't have any black coaches. For me, I didn't even realize how much that mattered until I got to this role. And I'm like, I wish I had that myself because I didn't have it. And I think I realize now how beneficial it is for those young women. It's almost like you don't know you can achieve it until you see it. And for them to see it in you is super important. Yeah, definitely. 
Speaking of representation, I had Adnisha Curry, now coaches with the Portland Trailblazers, on in season one. I love Eddie. I know. She was great, too. One of the things we discussed is how there's such a personal sacrifice when you're a coach, when it comes to spending time with family or your significant other. And I know your husband also works in sports as an agent. So there's that understanding when it comes to how you both work in the world of sports. How does your role play into your relationship, making sure to prioritize time for that, but also being in a career role that has such significant time demands? It is a blessing having a husband that has been in sports for a long time. He played basketball himself. So he really gets it. He gets the grind. That part is a blessing because I think a lot of people have a lot of issues there with the time management and not feeling like they're around each other enough. But for us, we've been fortunate enough to really make it work. He works from home. So that makes it really easy. He obviously has to travel a lot, especially this time of year, just like I do. So there's busy seasons for us, but we're both really understanding of each other's time. And when we are together, just trying to be as present as possible, you know, not being on our phones and really taking that quality time with each other. I think that's just huge. So when we are together, just prioritizing each other. I think we've done a great job of that so far. Well, yeah, let's touch wood. Ask me in five years. (laughs) But it it does help to take away that element of constantly having to explain yourself because it's almost intuitive between the two of you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like, got to get on the road. It's never an argument about it. It's just like, okay, we'll see when you're back. I love to hear that. And then you're welcoming a baby into the mix, (laughs) which is... Great, but probably, you know, something else that you think about in terms of time. What goes through your mind with that? Yeah, a baby boy who's going to be large. I'm six foot, my husband's six eight. So he'll be a big boy due in March. So March Madness. So should be uh, fun. Yeah. <laughs> but we're excited. You know, I think the first couple of months, obviously I'll take off. And then July, I'm planning on bringing him on the road, recruiting with me. So I would like to still like have him around as much as possible. Cause I think, again, going back to our players, um, our players to see that you can do both. I think you can be a mom and also be a coach and have a career and have a lot of success doing both. And that's my goal is to just still have him around and show you can kick ass at both. All right. Lastly, before we head into our booster up segment, can you talk to me about who you credit with helping you achieve the milestones you have so far in your career and who has helped shape the woman you are today? Yeah, my family has been everything. My parents just helped mold me, obviously, into the woman that I am. Always have been extremely supportive, encouraging, and challenged me, you know, in, in a lot of ways that helped me to be better every day. So I think that's helped me tremendously. My sisters also, same thing. So uh, they're both killing it too. Jamie's overseas playing and my youngest sister, Ebony, is playing at Grant right now. So it's fun. got a sporty family. You know, we all just, you know, love and support each other so much. And then again, my husband, Josh, has been just a rock star through all of this and all the travel and his own travel. And, you know, we've just really flourished through everything, really made it work. And we're a great team. And so I'd say those people. So I'm, I'm really fortunate to have them all. And I bet you they're all so excited for the new role of grandpa or grandma or auntie or dad. Too excited. They are <laughs> first grandbaby. So they are like over the moon. So they're, they're very excited. It'll be fun. He's going to be appropriately spoiled. That's my concern. This is 
is that. <laughs> okay, we've made it to our booster up segment. This is a portion of the interview each booster that joins us in the booster club receives. And it's just really nice to get such unique answers from two constant questions that will be throughout season two. So if you're ready, I'm just going to dive right in. Okay. All right. We all know the journey includes a spectrum of peaks and valleys, highs and lows along the way. What is a significant low you faced along your journey and how do you feel that you best made it through? I would say just trying to decide if this is a career that I wanted to stay in. And um, I kind of had those feelings a couple of years back. It is a challenge sometimes and it, it is a uh, time consuming and you know, it takes a lot on eating. You already mentioned it, but you know, personal life and any events, you know, you miss major events, funerals, birthdays, all sorts of things. And so that part I struggled with. And then also with my husband working, you know, wanting to still be a mom and be active. And so, you know, I think that was a challenging period. And I think I really took it head on. It was tough for a little bit, just trying to decide which way I wanted to go. But, you know, I think ultimately I knew how much I loved what I do and wanting to make it work. I don't think I could just stay home. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I just enjoy being busy and I like a chaotic life a little bit. So I ultimately decided, you know, I'm going to roll with this and keep going. And I'm really happy because I've luckily had a lot of success. We've talked about it, but I think it's so underestimated how uncertainty can be a real challenge if you're not expecting it. You know, you say coach neighbors at Washington and then at Arizona and now at Oregon. And I think one of the things we didn't touch on was the misconception of job security within coaching, which also, you know, can be tough. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's another thing. Um, And luckily, I've been at places where, you know, we've had success. So that hasn't been a concern, fortunately. But, you know, you never know. You get a new AD and uh, they want to, you know, they have somebody of their own. So it's really something that you can get away from sometimes right. too. So it could still always happen, but yeah, it's true. So, and then I've bounced around a lot. I've been in Washington, then I went and played overseas a couple of years, then Oregon a year, Washington State a year, Arizona too. And then um, now back at Oregon. So I've also bounced around a lot. So I think that was also part of like, wherever I go, I want to make sure I'm staying put and settled. Uh, and Yeah. Cause yeah. I just wanted to yeah, be settled. Yeah. So. <laughs> and being your family, I mean, there's nothing more settling than that. Yeah, exactly. No question. How about a significant high along your journey? And what growth do you feel like was required of you to reach that particular peak? I got to say, I know this is probably cliche, but the final four. So went to the final four, like I, I mentioned already, which was awesome. I also went to the final four with Washington. So both of those times those years were just a little bit different. You know, obviously it was COVID last year at Washington. Um, the year just feels different. You know, it's something uh, special about those teams. So it was really magical, both of those experiences. And it's like, when you feel that you almost feel like you have to raise your own level a little bit. It's like, okay, no, these teams are really, really good and have the opportunity to do something special. So I better rise to the occasion. So those years, I definitely felt like I really stepped my game up and, you know, Washington, it was so motivating. It made me want to go play again. So, <laughs> and then at Arizona, obviously, you know, it just was a fun ride and even throughout a pandemic. So it, was, it just was really a fun situations and learned a lot and grew a lot in both of those. 
Well, I know you mentioned going through that period where you weren't sure if coaching was for you or where you wanted to be, but I know that the sport benefits from having you in it. The girls that you coach benefit from having you in it and absolutely the programs benefit. So I'm glad you decided to stick with it. And thank you so much for joining us today. I loved talking with you about this and having you on. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. That's, this was fun. Thank you for listening to Boost Her, conversations designed to inspire you, me, and her. With Jackie assisting every step of the way, the University of Oregon women's basketball program is currently taking the nation by storm and right in time for the upcoming mayhem that is March Madness. And we plan to be tapped in right alongside all of the excitement it will bring. To keep up with all of the great things Jackie is accomplishing both with the Oregon Ducks and in her own right, feel free to give us a follow on Instagram at boost her podcast, all one word. While we have had such a great time this month celebrating our boosters and their new beginnings, it's time to shift the focus as we move into February and celebrate Black History Month. To make sure you're locked into the amazing and inspiring Black women we have slotted in to take us through this wonderful month, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast streaming platform. Again, thank you for listening to Boost Her where we will happily pull up a seat at the table for you as a reminder that while individually we may be great, collectively we are magic.